You're listening to Driving Out Loud with Joe and Tracy. Okay, folks, welcome to another edition of Driving Out Loud with Joe and Tracy. I am Tracy, and I am here with, of course... Me, Joe. Joe, Joe. What's up, man? How's it going today? Good, man. Just chilling. Yeah. Not working. We got a day off of work, so we got to sit around the house and interview a couple of really cool people. I was going to say, we got the day off because we got to interview some really cool people. Yeah. Peeper. Peeper. Peepers. I didn't interview a peeper. Maybe I did. <laughs> In my head, I did. <laughs> so we had a special guest today on this episode. Episode 7. We are at episode 7. Yes. Again. 0. 0.5. 7.5. <laughs> <laughs> we had to pull down our other episode uh, with Tony Meharry. It will be back. It will be back. We had some licensing issues with that episode or the song in the episode. So we are in the process of working out those issues. So we will have that episode back up and ready to roll here pretty soon. Just as soon as we hear back from the proper people. Hell yeah. In today's episode, we have a special guest for you guys. So he has, excited. He has played... A couple, oh no, three. Three. He played three three. live songs for us right here on Driving Out Loud. First time ever. Yes, our first live guest. So, Dave Mench. The Mench. You might have heard of him. The Mench. Just might have heard of Dave Mench. Dave Mench is a local singer-songwriter here in the Colorado area, and he gave us the pleasure of an interview, and playing a few songs for us. Hell yeah. Not just for us, but for you as well. Oh uh-huh, yeah, your listening, listening pleasure. Yes. So on Driving Out Loud, we are now taking this show in the musical direction, obviously. Yep. yep. And I think this is a really good direction to be going with the show. What do you think, Joe? Yes, I, I still agree. Or still agree. I do agree. But it is still going to be... Have some comedy stuff in there, which is why we had somebody like Dave Minch on here. Yes. That dude is full of fun. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and Leia. <laughs> He's, he almost should have named that song Lay Her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So Dave Minch gave us some good quality time. And we are going to let you listen to that interview. And there are a few songs that he played for us and for you as well. So we are going to get right into that and let you hear what's going on. So without further ado, we give you Dave Minch. All right, so Dave Minch. Welcome to the Driving Out Loud podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Joe, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Nice hat, buddy. Nice hat. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I got it at this one guy's concert. He is all right. (laughs) All right, Dave. How is it going in, I guess we could call this 
post pan well we're still in the middle of the pandemic so post lockdown life how's it going for you professionally and how are you making it so far uh doing all right um in all in all honesty the support that uh my friends family fans have had during the entire pandemic have, has been amazing right um, so the live shows that I've done on Facebook or any uh, for any companies that have me do some live shows, any venues that, that have me do that. Uh, everybody was amazing as, as far as those um, supportive, not only with just being there to listen, um, hire me for things and stuff, but also for, you know, virtual tip jars and things like that have been, yeah, sure. have been great. As far as coming out of lockdown, um, a lot of the venues that I play have outdoor capacity and have right. done a lot of cool different things, you know, parking lot shows, uh, whatever it may be. So they, they had me out for those, you know, there's some, I don't want to call them loopholes, but <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, they, they, you left it up to, uh, the public to, to do what they needed to do as far as social distancing and things like that, but still being able to support the musicians that they've been hiring over the years, which has been amazing for those venues to do. So while right. yes, this has massively impacted, uh, my career this year, um, there's been some amazing support in, in other avenues that, that I didn't expect, you know, in that first week, you're like, Oh, what the hell? Yeah, sure. And then now, now it's like, everybody's come to terms with, with what's going on, whether you believe in it or not, or, and, you know, and, and I feel like the people that I'm involved with are doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like all of this strangeness that is in our lives now is just becoming normal and like the wearing the masks and, you know, all of this is getting crazy with the kids wearing masks at school and, you know, it, it's a hassle and I'm glad everything's opening back up and I'm glad, you know, musicians such as yourself are able to get back out in front of the people and, you know, do what you do best. And so where are you on that? Aren't, aren't you uh, feeling pretty good about being back out there in the public oh, eye? Yeah. Big time, man. I really do love those live shows and uh, I figured out which mask works with a, a beard like yours and mine. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't mind wearing them and I, you know, it's just good to be back out and seeing friends, fans and family for sure. You know, all over the state. I haven't uh, actually ventured to uh, all of my Texas shows got canceled, Arizona and New Mexico this year. So just been pretty much in Colorado. So, which right. is fine by me. Right. But, so, but I do miss those States for sure. For yeah. sure. So why don't you give us a little history about yourself and how you got started in music and, you know, just give the audience a little bit of background about Dave Mint. Woo, man, where does, <laughs> where does this story? Uh, I started singing when I was seven in theater, actually. And oh, cool. uh, my parents would, see, I usually tell these stories and then play some some sort of song. So... But we'll we'll see what happens here. But here here's a story before I play like a John Denver tune or some kind of cover <laughs> song, you know, to make it a little more personal. Right. But uh, my parents like would, you know, I was seven, and my parents would load me and my three sisters up in the 1980 suburban and okay. drive us to Aspen, a 16 hour drive from where we lived in Arizona. And uh, my mom was, well, she was a health freak before health freaks were cool. So. <laughs> We weren't allowed to have like fast food and stuff like that. So, but on that 16 hour drive when, you know, we're all like 
rambunctious in the back seat and you know somebody's one of my sisters yelling mom dave is looking out my window or something <laughs> like that you know they're like dude let's stop off at any fast food place we could get you know <laughs> right. so they like chill out and are quiet for a little bit so they get us to aspen and i do theater uh from 7 to 17 and I always love being on stage I always love performing uh in any capacity for the most part right. um and then uh Stop! Stop doing theater for a really long time. About 19, I got a job at, actually, 19, first off, uh, I was going to college in Durango, uh, Fort Lewis College, and uh, there were some, you know, dorm room guys that are like, oh, Dave Mensch sings, let's go talk to him. Right. So, so they stopped by, and I just bought my first guitar when I was 19. Yeah. So, I started writing my own tunes right off the bat. I didn't, I didn't learn cover songs for years. And um, so those guys came in and said, Hey, do you want to sing for our band? And, and I was like, sure. Cool. And I was hooked. Right. Like, Hell yeah. like music already like hooked me as far as writing and having that expression and uh, that Avenue to, you know, yeah. Express myself. So, um, and right fictionally or you know non-fictionally it didn't it didn't matter i just enjoyed writing in general um and um so started writing songs with those guys it was a rock band and yeah i was hooked so i was in bands for a long time i think that um i opened up for a bunch of big artists with the very so that was kind of my like college band the garage band kind of a thing or whatever nice the next band after that, uh, the very first show that we played for was for Kansas and 38 Special, opening up for those guys. Hell yeah. Uh, and then since then, I've opened up for, uh, yeah, Kansas, 38 Special, Love and Spoonful, Badfinger, uh, um, Tanya Tucker, Dan Fogelberg, Dwight Yoakam, The Lax. Uh, so the list is pretty good as far as the the classic players that were out, out there for sure. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, music's always just been a part of me since I was seven years old, and I, I I feel pretty blessed to be able to consider it my career at this point. So. Right, nice. So you pick up a guitar at nineteen. What yep. kind of music do you start playing at that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's my own, and basically, I would write guitar to. Um, I was going to ASU at that point, and uh, my my roommate would play some guitar or something and and i would write lyrics and stuff and then one day they weren't there so i picked up the guitar and i just started well i think this is what he was doing right. so <laughs> so it was really like you know learning one string at a time so like bare minimum bar chords there were no bar chords it was just one finger on the you know on the bass note or something and i'm writing some song about i don't know rubber made tupperware or something something weird <laughs> <laughs> uh but that yeah that's how that's how it started and then yeah i moved to durango and then uh bought my first guitar out there nice so that's cool so you're you're pretty much self-taught and uh kind of made your own sound from the very beginning yes very, yep. nice. very nice i've had maybe i don't know five vocal lessons i've had maybe five guitar lessons and i don't know i was never one of those guys in probably any department of my life that was like 
teach me. Right. It was yeah. like, I rather learn by failing and then watching how somebody else is doing something like, Oh man, that's really cool. And then ask a couple questions like, Hey, how'd you do that? Or what, what was this? Or, you know, and like learning in, in the moment rather than sitting down in a class. I, I was, I was all right in school, but that wasn't my best method of education. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way in learning things. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a sit down in a classroom type of guy either. I, I've got to pick it up and do it with my hands before I can learn how to do things. And when you say that, that's pretty interesting because when I've seen you play live, you know, out here in Grand Junction at Cruisers, and it's interesting to hear you say that you haven't had lessons because the show that you put on when you are on stage, it just seems like it comes so natural to you. Yeah. And... Uh, it just kind of blows me away knowing that you haven't had like the training that, you know, a lot of these professional artists really go through, you know, to, to iron out their craft that they've chosen to do, you know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like I spend a lot of time, um, you know, just trying to make things sound good, spending time in different departments, like, in, in all honesty, different different avenues of the entire business. I feel like I, I do my best to, um, you know, make things look professional, make things look comfortable, have everybody in the room comfortable. All the things that you would desire, you know, at a show that you would go to. You want you want to have a good time. You want to smile. You want to laugh. You want to feel something too. You know. So, I just spent spent a lot of time thinking about those kinds of things as well as the business portion behind the scenes as well. So. Right. So I know during the lockdown, uh, a lot of people become creative <laughs> when they're uh, when there's not a lot to do or when you're stuck in the house. So, have you been working on anything anything new? Uh, yeah, I definitely. I'm always working on something new, uh, whether it be the business portion of things or the musical portion of things. Um, I will say though, I'm not the guy that writes at home. Okay. Uh, I'm the guy that writes in the car on the drive from whatever town to whatever town. So I might come up with some sort of uh, guitar riff, chord pattern, something that I think is cool, recorded on my just my phone, and then play it from town to town and write lyrics. Hmm, nice. That's, That's very interesting. The biggest, the biggest thing to me, uh, I, I don't think anybody ever told me this, but I wish they probably did that. Uh, one of the ways to be a successful person, and I'm sure somebody has said it somewhere in some book, but one of the ways to be successful is to find a way to use unusable time. Mm -hmm. So, so like sitting in the car, you got a ton of windshield time. I'm in there 50, 60,000 miles a year traveling six hours at a time to each show. And it's like, how do you utilize that time to to make something better, to be creative. Instead of just sitting there looking out the window or yes, I, I, I love listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and, you know, I might even throw some Netflix on and try not <laughs> to watch it, you know, whatever. But, you know, so, but that was an important discovery for me was like, this is, if I figure out how to use this time that I can't use behind the windshield while I'm driving, yeah, then 
get further along than a lot, you know, than the people who aren't, aren't doing something like that. So I try to try my best to use that unusable time. And so now I find when I'm in the car, I do my most brainstorming that my brainstorming sessions, like I can't wait to get in the car and drive and write lyrics on the drive. You know, like I'm not playing my guitar or anything like that. It's just, I'm writing lyrics. I'm singing to myself. I'm that guy who'll pull up, you know, I'm at the light and I'm probably jamming out, mm. <laughs> you know, People are like, ah, oh, look at that guy. And I'm like, whatever, you know, that is probably, I, that's not, I have never seen it happen, but that, that I, I'm sure I've been caught. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that's where I usually do my cre- creative stuff. So when I was locked down here, which is, that was the, your question, when I was locked down, it was like, um, hmm. now I have to figure out how to use this unusable time, mm, yeah. you know, which was very, different for me sitting at home is not something I'm, I'm very good at. Uh, I'm always on the move. I'm always on the go. I'm always, you know, trying to see people that I've met on the road. Um, and so, uh, yeah, lockdown was, was difficult as far as on my creativity. I think I probably wrote a half a song during that time. Oh, that was wow. about it. So in all honesty, what I did was, well, my backup plan, if music, music never worked for me or didn't or stopped or, something happened. I always wanted to be a a counselor. So I started studying to be a life coach is how I kept my time busy actually during quarantine. So that very nice. My life has been pretty hard (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) You know, and as I'm sure most musicians and, and everything is relative, somebody could say the same thing. You know, you put all your issues out onto a table. If you're sitting around with five people and all five people put their issues out on the table, Everybody most likely will take their own issues back because they've, you know, instead of trading them up or whatever, just because you you know how to deal with them or you know how to, you know, what's going on. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, there, there you go. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, life, so life coaching came out of uh, the quarantine for me rather than creative stuff. And then I, I did focus on the business portion of, of my career more. That's usually what I do when I'm at home is the business portion. Cause I do all my marketing web page stuff. Um, I mean, everything. So. Right. So, well, I mean, that just kind of speaks to what kind of person you are. I mean, you want to learn how to be a life coach that just shows that you want to help people. And that's, that's a good quality to have. And it's a good, good thing that you took the time to learn, you know, what you needed to learn to help people who are in need of help. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thank you. So my daughter is a big fan, and I think Hi. the uh, <laughs> the favorite song, it's a cover song. It's it's the Tool song that you that you do. That that's that's her favorite. And I have to say that is that's my favorite cover as well because I grew up listening to Tool and you know it was Nirvana, Tool, all that kind of music. And if I wasn't listening to Nirvana, to Nirvana you know, I was listening to Tool, so <clears throat> yeah. So why why that song? What is there something about that song that speaks to you? Um, I am sober. Uh, as far as uh, let's see here, six about six and a half years. February twenty seventh uh, was was eight years. Good, congratulations, um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. That's kind of what makes everything work. Uh, in my life, all the, the good things are, are because of, because of that. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, but I've always loved that particular tune. Uh, there's so many Tool songs that I like. Um, but that was one of the very first ones that I ever heard um, by them. And I got, I got hooked. You know, 92 was, you know, tons of great music came out in 92 or mm. right around, you know, the early 90s. So, yeah, Nirvana, Tool, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, like all. So I was in the same boat as you were as far as, you know, the, the grunge and some of the, the different metal that was out at that time. Um, Metallica too, all all those kinds of bands is what what I was listening to in the '90s for sure. Uh, but that particular tune, I don't know. It just kind of it has a feel that I that I really like. I I love the lyrics. Maynard is an unbelievable singer. Um, I think that was early on in their career that I, I love their older tunes more than any of the new stuff, in my opinion. I, I just like the older tool that just resonates with me more than the stuff that they're doing these days. So when I went to cover that particular tune, it was, you know, when I basically I was deciding between a bunch of different tool songs. And um, yeah, that's the one that kind of was like, this feels a little bit more like home. Feels a little bit more like something that I can relate to personally. Feels a little bit more like, you know, listen to music as a kid, except it was, this is my spin on it. So, right, right. Yeah. Very nice. So, um, you play a lot around the Colorado area, uh, the yep. entire state, basically. Um, where are you lined up to play next? Woo! Uh, next I'm doing a couple shows in Colorado Springs this upcoming weekend, Art 111 down in uh, Colorado Springs is one on Friday. Uh, let's see, Saturday is Alchemy also in Colorado Springs. Uh, man, I, I have a bunch. I'll be in, he, just here in October, I'm, I'm at Palisade Brewing Company. I'm at Mingle Sports Bar and. Montrose. I'm at 11th Street Station in Durango. I'm at, at uh, Sunnyside Bar in Creed. Um, the list is is huge. Uh, if anybody's listening out there, you can go to DaveMensch.com. Uh, check out my schedule there or Facebook. Um, uh, you know, I try to keep my my schedule up to date for everybody that wants to come out to a show right. for sure. Very nice. Yeah, we are definitely going to be checking you out. I think it's uh, October 11th, right? When you'll be at Palisade Brewing Company. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's the, I want to say the 16th. I'm checking right now. Real quick. <laughs> let's, let's dial this in. Oh, dude, you are right. I'm yeah. way off. Slippy, <laughs> slappy Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah, we're not going to let you get away from Junction now. <laughs> I hope not. It was iffy there for a little bit because a lot of places started to open up and Grand Junction was was a little bit on the, the tail end of, of that that opening. So um, there's been some, I, it might, maybe you and I think a couple other people were like, dude, are you coming back? Are you right. coming back? You know, so yeah, but it's good to be back out for sure. All right, so we we understand that you may be playing a few songs for us tonight, and yep. I think everybody would love to hear what you what you're doing and what you're about to do. So why don't you go ahead and show us or let us give us a listen? You know, let us let us hear what you got. Cool, that sounds good. 
Um, Don't forget to turn your echo back on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listen to that. It sounds amazing. Just a little bit of makeup sounds pretty good. Um, man, I should have turned that on just a little bit later, but whatever. <laughs> well... Might as well just tell a story before a story or something. This will give you an idea as far as how I write in the car. It was like 1.30 in the morning and I was driving from Alamosa, Colorado to Durango, Colorado. I got to Monta Vista and crossed that 35 mile an hour threshold sign of a small town. I was... Still going 49. Cop pulled me over. Says, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I was doing good. <laughs> and he's like, license and registration. I was like, man, I had no intentions of speeding through your town. I got nowhere I got to be and nowhere I got to be fast. So if you could help me out, that would be absolutely amazing. He's like, well, I forgive you. But unfortunately, the state of Colorado does not. And he slapped me with my ticket. I said, thank you. I always say thank you to getting a ticket. Two months later, I showed up for court. Realized I never changed the address on my driver's license, so I didn't get the, hey, bro, your court date has been postponed letter. I'd driven four and a half hours there just to drive four and a half hours on home. A week later, I show up for court. Judge calls me up, says, hey, Mr. Mensch, how are you doing? And I was like, I was doing good. She was like, you know what's happening here, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just hoping you can help me out with a deferred sentence. She was like, well, when was the last time you were in any trouble? I was like, well, the last time I got a speeding ticket was like three or four years ago. And she was like, well, by the looks of it, you, you haven't been in any trouble since 2010. And I was like, oh, man. You don't have my driving record up there, do you? She's like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry. She's like, yeah, I hope you are a reformed man. And I was like, I am, so about that ticket. She ended up giving me that deferred sentence. I jumped back in my truck, started down 285 after playing a, th playing a $300 fine. And thinking about 2010, which was like the worst year of my life. Best way to make something immortal is to write a song about it. So I could play for all of you wonderful people listening at every show that I play. This is called 2010. Looking back on 2010, when I had hair way back when, thinking how can hurt, hurt all over again. Digging through an old pile of stuff. Next to dead spiders and fuzzy handcuffs, came across an old picture of a younger kind of us. Like that old tin man, rusting my joints in no oil can, wishing odds would take that hurtful heart back again. 
Across the side, toss it away And landed next to that cracked skull ashtray Sometimes you wish you could quit the quitting Just for a single day I grabbed my phone to look your number up Lost in a portage on when I was all messed up That's okay, it's better that way I wouldn't know what to say If I had called you saying I was clowning round Pretty sure my hello would have had more of a drowning sound. So I slowly put my new phone back down. If I had nothing to say, all I'd say is I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was one messed up kid. Anyway, and not much back then I can remember. Forgot my friends landed me up in Denver. One shot short of a repeat. Defender. Just one of those probation fools. So I quit playing music, ended up stocking perishable foods. Almost lost my foot in a three stripe shoe. When I was bleeding out, I thought of you. I thought of you. Hell, I still think of you. I know it was a lifetime of gold Since then you got kids And I quit being a gigolo And life moves slowly on down Down the road well, What we had was mostly cruel Mostly I'd break myself against you Both in pieces Both still say I love you too Folks, they give it time, you'll see Right now I see an empty shed and me Beatles said it best with Let it be For now I'll wonder how you've been And I'll stop and I'll think and think again How can hurt Hurt all over again Excellent tune, man. Very Excellent nice. tune. That hey, was awesome. <clears throat> I saw faces you like the gigolo line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <we, clears throat> nice. So, what, what, what's, what's the name of that song one more time? 2010. It's called 2010. 2010. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's a great song. Now, did, Thank you. Is that one that you wrote recently, or is that something that you've had for a while? Uh, I wrote it last, I think it was last year, uh, literally right after that speeding ticket. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Uh, how fast were you going? <laughs> <laughs> right after I walked out of that courthouse, I literally was driving down 285, and I was like, man, that was a tough year. And then I started writing stuff down. Very nice. Or talk, talking to my phone since I was driving. But, and, uh Yeah. The next day, that was, you know, that, that drive is about four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that, it's about four and a half hours. So by the time I got home, I had almost all the lyrics done. And next day, it was just putting it all together. Very nice. Finding wow. a guitar riff that, that I, I thought would, would work well. And, and then there it was. So I, ju- I actually released that song uh, on my newest solo album, which I released during quarantine. That's so, cool. 
so yeah, cool. it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on uh, Google Play, Amazon Music, you name it, it's out there. So cool deal, man. Um, so how is it that you can just sit and just play and pick pick tunes like that and just tell a story? I I don't get it. How are you able to do that? <laughs> You know what? I feel like it's music was more of a calling for me. It wasn't necessarily something that I set out to do. It was, it was something that it was my hobby that became my job. And um, my my dad always said to me growing up, he's like, find something that you 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 love to do, and then figure out a way to make a living at it. That's what he that's what he told me. And so. There's something about performing, something about music, something about the release, about, you know, even during writing a song, um, the enjoyment that I get out of it. And um, but I don't know, it come, basically short, short answer to that is I feel it comes from somewhere because it's it's a calling for me. It's it's something that I love to do. Uh, and then I worked really hard over the years as far as uh, songwriting and experimenting with with different types of songs and stuff and, and listening to the stuff that I, that I really like that. Um, yeah. Hard work and feeling like it's a calling, I guess those are the two things. Yeah. It definitely yeah, shows. Cause watching you play, it just seems like it's so easy to you. And that, I don't know. It just, it's just works really well. That, that, that was really well done. Really well done. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. So uh, when you come up with, with your, guitar riffs and you know uh music to go along with the lyrics do you just do you just sit down and come up with something or do you listen to a bunch of different songs to try and find something embedded into a song that you're like well i I could tweak that and take that and maybe that might work for this song or this song or do you just kind of sit down and just have at it just start going and messing around um it really depends on 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 how i'm writing that day um so i did take I, I did go to a bunch of it's called durango songwriters expo and it's a it's a songwriting um weekend basically and they critique your tunes and and you know do workshops and um and then they teach some classes for just one weekend out of out of the you know that i could go to there there's a bunch there's one in california they do in california they do it in uh, between Denver and Boulder, it started in Durango, um, and so one of the I think one of there was a bunch of amazing people that that were there, like the lead singer of Vertical Horizon, uh, uh, Jeffrey Steele, who wrote uh, My Wish and What Hurts the Most, and so many number one song number one hit songs for like Rascal Flats and things like that. Nice. Uh, country guys, so he's there. Big Al Anderson was there. There's so many people that songwriters that. Um, were there, but the, there was one, I think it was, uh, the husband and wife duo that wrote blue on black with Kenny Wayne Shepherd was there and they had two methods that, um, two things that they said, like have some music on in the background while you're playing. <laughs> nice. And then just, it'll change and it'll do its thing. And, and then but it might push you in a different key or it might give you a chord or it might give you, you know, a, a spark a lyric. Um, and then they also said that, which I have yet to do. 
Uh, but it, it sits in there. Like if you have a one line that you thought was awesome, write it down and stick it into a bowl. And then the next time you put them into a bowl. And so when you sit down for like a writing session, you just pick one of those one liners right out of the, the thing. And hopefully that'll spark something. I haven't done that yet, but, but those are the two things that there, there was a few things that, that really stuck with me to go into those songwriters expos. But as far as songwriting, it's like, you know, put some other elements into the room to spark some creativity. Nice. Um, so yes, I would say I do listen to other music and go, this would be cool. I wouldn't have done it that way. Or I, you know, this would be how I would put, put this together. You know, I, I definitely, I would say lean on, of course, what's been done, what's been, you know, I also don't really feel like I'm that cookie cutter guy. Like I, I like breaking the rules and, mm. and practically everything in my life. I was obviously going 49 and a 35. <laughs> Hell yeah. um, but, you know, so those are some of the, 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 you know, one technique that, that I occasionally, you know, put some music on in the background or whatever. But cool. as far as writing, it's just, um, I don't know. I sit down and, I think about how the song would make me feel more than I think about what the chords are actually going to be. Nice. Okay. Like, how, how, how do I want it to feel? And nice. that's what guides, that's really cool. you know, I wanted 2010 to be somewhat light, somewhat comical, somewhat like writing with teeth as far as, um, I got that tattooed on my ribs, right with teeth, with grit, basically. And, uh, you know, say the things that people are afraid to say. If you'd like more information on Dave Minch, please go to www.davemensch.com. You can also follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also find his music on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music for your listening pleasure. So when you when you go into a venue, how do you do you have a certain song do you always start with or do you fill out the crowd? How do you how do you get started on a night? I <clears throat> sit down. <laughs> <laughs> good start, good start. Uh, I, I grab my guitar, I sit down. I never write anything down. I don't do set lists. I don't do anything like that. I, you know, prepare as far as warming up but it's the room that to me guides what I'm going to do. There's certain places that I play that let's just say it's a wine bar. And so 2010, a song similar to that, like something chill and, and, and easy going and, and stuff seems more to fit like a, a wine bar, a chill atmosphere. You know, you go into like say cruisers and grand junction and, like well i think i'm gonna start with ain't no rest for the wicked you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a good I beer drinking song good, huh? <laughs> good way to you start know, it you know it's uh but but i don't i don't really know i don't i don't spend my time doing that i just show up and i want people to laugh and have a good time and right and depending on where I am, that first song, I'm like, well, this feels like this room. And, you know, I, I'm not right all the time. You know, sometimes like I was hired for a like dinner party in Pagosa Springs one time, private party. And I show up and they got a, sh you know, a personal chef and 
they got all this stuff, all the fixings, you know, the view, the huge house, the huge RV thing, the huge RV garage, like massive. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be a mellow night. And then they're asking for tool and they're asking for <laughs> slipknot. And they're, and I'm like, nice. wow, well, this just got a whole lot more fun, you know? And, <laughs> and, uh, so it just depends on, on the, um, the venue for sure. And, and what, what I feel like other people or what, you know, that's why requests are so important. That's why crowd interaction is so important to a musician. They, they get a feel for what, you guys are expecting and it just feeds it just feeds off of you know one another and so the requests are uh, uh for a solo artist is a is a great thing nice like, right if you, if you don't tell a musician what you want to hear then they're going to play what they want to play right and yeah. the best scenario is when what the musician wants to play is the same thing the crowd wants to hear and those are the amazing nights Right. So, so I mean, you know, I've I've watched a lot of people play live venues and you know, I've watched musicians such as yourself just basically a, a one man, you know, type of deal just sitting up on stage and you know, when the crowd starts to get a little rowdy, they kind of tone the music down a little bit. Is this is this a is this a method that you like to use to try to control the crowd if it's if it's getting out of control? Um, there's only been a few, uh, nights that things have been out of control when I play. I would say that, uh, for the most part, everybody takes it easy, uh, at, at my shows. Um, so yeah, there's been out of 14 years of playing full time. I've only, I can only think of two, two shows that anything crazy happened. Okay. And I was like. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> well, it was like, with you know, the show must go on. So I didn't stop playing. Nice. I just playing. And what, what's interesting is, yeah, one of them was like, you know, the, I do a medley of like 17 or some, some odd songs, 16 or 17 songs. And, and, um, it's sublime in there and it's all fun stuff and most people are laughing and everything and this dude stood up at the bar and didn't just throw beer at somebody he threw the whole glass mm. at something <laughs> and i was like and i'm still playing like sublime you know love him what I got. <laughs> you know and he's checking a, a, a full beer in the glass at somebody and and i'm like i literally stopped that song and he, he was escorted out obviously and but I stopped that song and I'm like, I, I probably said something like, I, I don't know how you can get that mad during a happy song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't get it. The yeah. other one was um, Puddle the Muds. Um, are we allowed to cuss on this show? Yes. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. good. I just wanna, <laughs> right. I've been holding back here now. Now the floodgates are open. Let it rip. But she fucking hates me. I'm playing. She fucking hates me in Al Alamosa, Colorado. And this dude pushed the bouncer into the into the bar because he didn't have his ID and he was already wasted and held on to the bouncer's arms and hold, held him down and got like four straight jabs to his face. And I'm sitting there playing. She fucking hates me. And I, I turn my I spin kind of on my chair around the side of the microphone. Just watch. And I just 
didn't stop playing. <laughs> it goes on no matter what, right? Well, yeah, and, and and the idea with a musician is if you if you stop or any entertainment, if you stop during something like that, then you're, you're calling attention to what they're actually doing. Gotcha. Yeah. The other the other half of the room that didn't even notice anything, they just you know notice a commotion or something. They they're like, oh, cool, whatever, and they go about their day. You stop, and it's going to be like, you know. A, uh, recess or a playground or meeting in the park for a brawl, you know, like everybody standing around either egging it on or trying to stop it, you know, right, right. then more people get involved. So my opinion is the musician or the entertainment should be the distraction on that or like the, you know, and I've, heard, I've seen like Aaron Lewis, some, some shows that Aaron Lewis, like calling out people like this isn't appropriate, dude. And I also really think that that's amazing when when yeah. people that are in, you know, let's just call it, let's just say that they're a leader in that moment of all of these people and calling somebody on some inappropriate stuff is that's a challenge. And it shows a, a major amount of character um, during during that time, um, which they can catch flack for and. But standing up for for what's right is a good thing. Those bouncers, yeah. though, with that that one, they they got him out. They pretty much opened the door with his head. Yeah. <laughs> they got him out of there real quick. Um, so it was, you know, that they're all like a matter of thirty seconds at, at my shows. But other than those two, over fourteen years, no, most people are just having a good time, listening, smiling, laughing, nice. feeling something. So that's good. The way it should be. Do you, you want to exactly? Do you have like a like a favorite type of like venue or something that you like to play? Like you got like cruisers and then just as an example, like Peach Street, more of an outdoor. Do you like to play more of an outdoor? Or is it, do you like that more kind of like close, intimate kind of cruisers type setup? Um it 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 de definitely depends. I I like both. I definitely love playing outside for sure because to me, it's easier to mix music outdoors because um, you're not you're not fighting a room. So you get yeah. to add in what you want. You know, um, it's just less of a struggle in 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 my opinion. Inside, you're dealing with the room, the distance that yeah. the walls are. You're you're dealing with so much. How many people are in that room? How much sound? Uh, you know, acoustic treatments in there. How little acoustic treatment is there? Most venues don't really put you know the great music venues or music venues that are are specifically that music venues had do do a great job but a lot of bars or breweries or those kinds of venues they don't necessarily think about uh, acoustic treatment in in the room it's it's rare so it can be really boomy in a bit a big brewery you know yeah so um i definitely love the intimacy of smaller smaller rooms I definitely love to have crowd interaction. I definitely love to sit in the mix. I like to be close to the bar or, or where everybody's ordering drinks. I love to, you know, make up songs and do improvisation with what people are talking about and, you know, uh, amplify the exchange that's happening in the room. That is something that I love to do. Uh, really you don't cool. necessarily get that in, in, um, you know, the outdoor venues, especially now because of uh, uh, social distancing and things, everybody's, yeah. everybody's scattered out, you know, certain places have, uh, you know, um, 
a distance minimum that you can even be around somebody who's singing. Right. Uh, they got all, all kinds of different rules all over the place. So uh, that intimacy, I feel like, is is getting, you know, getting beat up a little bit, but it still, it still happens. But I would say that intimate crowds, the crowds that are paying attention, the crowds that are, like, locked in. When you have one of those nights where, you know, they, they you can feel the room, like, really pay attention and then really give um, a return and then you know, I or any musician would, you know, give more in those moments than whatever was going to be possible prior to that, you know. So I definitely love the exchange. Now, if that happens in a bigger venue, then all the more power there. So, yeah. yeah. So what's your comfort level? Um, you know, when we're, we're, we're coming out of lockdown, so how comfortable are you getting out there into the public? I mean, does, does the COVID-19 issue worry you? Are you scared you might catch it? Um, I, let's see here. Best way to say that is I, I, I take care of myself and in return takes care of my friends and my family and my fans. Okay. Um, so I don't mind wearing a mask as long as it's not crimping my beard up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those masks they're, they're they're bad for our beard game, you know. <laughs> yeah. So like but you know, but I'm not I'm not one to Yeah. Uh you know, I'll wear a mask, no big deal. I got hand sanitizer in my car. I usually have it in one of my gig bags that shows so that um I can still partially, you know, have that personal exchange of, right. of shaking a hand and things like that. But I finished playing and, you know, I'd say 95% of the time, as soon as I'm done playing, I'm putting that mask on so I can go out and stand, you know, six feet or whatever from a table and say, thanks for coming and, and anything you want to listen to, how's it sound, you know, and start a personal conversation so I can do that sort of stuff. And then if somebody does shake my hand, which does happen, you know, um, I trust my gut to tell me um, what to do in that moment. Uh, I feel like I take care of myself pretty good. Um, so do I think that I'm going to catch it? I don't know. I try not to give the things that have negativity too much power over my life. Nice. Gotcha. That's that's a good way to live. Definitely. So coming yeah. out of lockdown and uh, getting to go back out and play again after not being able to play for, I don't know how long you weren't able to play um, at a venue or something, but it did it feel like starting over or was it kind of something like you just, you know, fell back into the groove of things and just, you know, it's like you never left basically, or did it feel like starting over again, starting from a new and, you know, trying to get that feeling of playing in a live crowd again? Um, the best way to describe that was, so when you go to a venue and, and you mix sound for a particular venue, and then the next night you're at a different venue and you can load up the settings from the night before, and you're like, oh, well, that doesn't quite work in this situation. Same kind of thing. So I was doing, you know, live from the living room shows and, and things like that where... Um, the crowd interaction isn't there. You're seeing, you know, emojis flying on the screen and comments <laughs> and, but it's not quite the crowd thing. So the whole 
exchange, the commentary between songs, sure, I could still play all the same tunes. They have a different power, though, in my opinion, when, when you're in front of an actual crowd. Um, they still have a power when you're playing your live from the living room shows. So when I went from live from the living room to playing live shows again, it was that same kind of feeling like I mixed what I was doing for this venue of this is how I'm performing right now. And then when I went to the live setting, I was like, oh, those things actually don't necessarily work for this setting anymore. So I need to adjust what I'm doing on stage. Does that, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it was close to three months or something that I, that I didn't play music. It was 30. I almost think it was like 37 shows at least that, uh, that were canceled on me. Um, which is a massive hit for, for any, for any musician. And I'm sure there's some people that had more than, than I did. doesn't, you know, it's all relative for sure. Um, but that, um, yeah, just coming back out was like I needed to adjust my commentary. It was what was between the songs that needed to come back. Gotcha. Right. And then, and then using different microphones, different gear, different different styles of performing. It's just a different venue when you're playing live in front of people. So that's the best way that I could describe it is you mix sound for one night and you have to mix it again. You, you know, you mix it again for the next night. And it's the same way with actually performing online in a quarantine rather than out there, you know? Gotcha. But anyway, so do you I have like I repeated myself like three times in like four different ways? <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we beat that one to death. Yeah. So do you have a song, a particular song that you like to perform the most? Um, twenty ten is pretty pretty you know, that one's that one's pretty personal. I definitely like that one. Most of the new stuff that I'm writing is probably my my favorite stuff to perform. Um I feel like my craft has been changing over the last uh, year and a half and so the newer tunes that I'm writing are like I don't know there's something about them to me that that changes so most of the new stuff that I start re I start pre-production on another album uh, in November so yes I just released one in quarantine and starting the next one so uh, I am I am writing a ton but usually the newest song is always always my favorite right and depending on my mood, since I write in different styles, you know, sometimes it's the heavier song, sometimes it's the lighter one. Nice. Um, the one of the most powerful songs for me is uh, "Curse the Thunder Down," which is it's got a whole story like 2010. Nice. But that yeah. one, the personal, as a personal thing to it, that's probably the most powerful for me. Do you so, got a song you not you uh, you want to play for us right now? You, you got something? Uh, off your new album that you would like to play? Um, <clears throat> hmm. Let's see here. Now, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, man. Visited. Most people are like, dude, how can you not know your own tune? And I'm like, well, <laughs> just sometimes I just, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. So, yeah. Is that what that facial expression was there, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> like, said a lot with it, bro. Said a lot with it. <laughs> um, let's see here. How about how about something something new? 
that's not out there right now. Is that sure? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? One of my favorite songs to do is probably my Star Wars song. Mm-hmm. That's probably, <laughs> Hell yeah. That's my favorite. It's called Leia, though, because copyright stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but something, something new. Um, I'll give you guys a, a choice, which I love doing even at shows. Okay. Uh, something upbeat. Um, called Who Really Gives a Fuck? Which I wrote in the car. These will all be car songs. How about that? Cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, since, so, our, since our podcast is driving out loud. Yeah, let's do the car songs. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Let's do car songs. This is good. Uh, all right. I like that. Um, so I'll, I'll let you guys choose. Who Gives a Fuck? Like I Could Die? Um, or what a mess. Who gives a fuck? Who that's gives a, a fuck? Thing. Yeah. That's very fitting for our podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to turn your echo back on. I think it is. No, I needed that help. <laughs> <laughs> we got your back, man. Don't worry. We got your back. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. There we go.
very nice. Very nice. Very yes, nice. sir. Who really gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> a great song, man. Thank you. So that one is one that uh, goes into pre-production uh, coming up. That's cool. nice. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So that was Dave Minch with Who Gives a Fuck? <laughs> nice. Very nice. So this is that was brand new, right? Yep. That's cool. Hell yeah. <clears throat> yeah, th- thanks for playing during this interview, too. This is the uh, first time we've had somebody uh, actually play on our show, too, so... This is awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, anytime, anytime. Yep. Yeah, we've been using like people's recordings, and so this this is new for us, and it's really cool. This is yeah. what we kind of wanted to do in the first place. So nice. Yep. Appreciate you doing this. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how's the guitar sound? Does it sound all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> Just gotta dial it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> great response. Great response. It's a great response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, we we had to make some fine some fine changes there just because we've you know never had anybody had play music before. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, we got it dialed cool. in now. This has been super comfortable, easy conversation. Like three buddies just hanging out in the living room, you yes. know, and right. just yeah. shooting the shit and throwing some songs in the middle and. It's it's this has been fun for sure. So, yeah, that's that that's what that's yeah. what we're here for. We're just trying to make make the the interviewee comfortable and then just you know yeah. find out who they really are. I mean, me and Tracy and actually a lot of people that are going to be listening to our podcast already, you know, know of you and you know heard your music and seen you live. But it's for the people that haven't, we really want them to know and understand who who you are. You know, really find the right. you know. Get, give more meaning behind the music that you play, you know. Right. You know some of your your favorite songs and stuff, and it's like, you know, maybe that person makes the connection. And it's like, oh well, Dave Minch likes this person. I love this yeah. person. I'm gonna check out more of his music, you know, more of your music and right. stuff. So that's yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. Yep. So we want to give artists a chance to get their music out. You know maybe to different ears that wouldn't have heard it before because, you know, we've got listeners that are across the country now. We've even got listeners in other countries. So yeah. <laughs> cool. might be going to France one day. <laughs> <laughs> we got to check out our buddy in France. That's listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could, is he uh he's a performer too? Uh, we're not sure who we, he is. Yeah. We have no idea. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we we we're not privy to that type of information. Who exactly our listeners are? <laughs> gotcha. They're all good folk, though, yes. right? I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you know you gotta love having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a little crazy with it every now and then, <laughs> just a little bit. So this is probably one of my most requested shows these days. <laughs> wanted to write a Star Wars song. I don't know why I wanted to write a Star Wars song, but I wanted to write a Star Wars song, so guess what? I wrote a Star Wars song. I feel like Princess Leia didn't get all the credit that she deserves in Star Wars, so I did my, my best to 
help Carrie Fisher out. This is called Leia. So Leia had a job. The kind of job she didn't have to put no pants on at all. She wasn't a stripper, she wasn't a hooker, but she didn't work from home, y'all. And you think she'd be in bliss? What she was was really pissed. See, her boss was laying in his public bed, and he wouldn't get up, and he wouldn't do no shit. She was doing all of it. Getting pretty fucking sick of it. Supporting his dumbass. So she put on a Star Wars shirt. She was feeling really fucking hurt. She's like, fuck this shit, man. and bust through the door and Jabba went flying like a penis through the wind. She didn't want to see that wrinkly shit again. Like the flick of a match, she flew like a mile. She bounced out of there all Hollywood style. Singing, still got you are too. Still got you are too. Unless Luke's got his saber all up in you. Still got you are too. listener out there that's never seen a Star Wars movie. <laughs> so this portion right here, this is, this is for, for you that's never seen a Star Wars movie, or you've seen like part of one, or you've been living off of watching one trailer your whole life. I'll catch you up on one real, real quick. This is, here's my trailer for you. So Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, they're handcuffed, and they're on these flying hovercraft things out in the middle of the Arizona desert that they're pretending is a planet in space called Tatooine. Did you get all that? All right. So, for lack of a better term and a total better visual, Jabba the Hutt has taken those two guys out to a massive vagina that digests men whole throughout their entire lives. That really is in the movie. I just called it something different. Anyway, so Luke Skywalker's walking the plank over this massive vagina. r 2 d across the way on a huge hovercraft thing, and Luke Skywalker salutes R2-D2, and R2-D2's like, whoop, with his lightsaber about ready to shoot it over to Luke so he can save the day. There's my trailer for you. Hope we're all doing all right out there. So Leia had a man. He was off Galloway, feeling across the stars, hitting up all them crazy-ass cantina bars, and he was handy with a blaster. But with her, oh, he was a total disaster. See, he would last like 12 parsecs while they were in bed. that solo like alone wonder if that walking carpet ever stops off at a grand junction weed emporium to pick up a box of thc infused dog bones so she pulled her star wars shirt she was feeling really fucking hurt she's like fuck this shit man through the Millennium Falcon door started handing it to Han saying, you've been flicking the dark side, son! And he was like, no, no, baby. Like, seriously. Like, I love you. And she was like, I know. Still got you hard to. Still got you hard to. Unless Luke's got his saber all up in you. Still got you hard to. Still got you 
helping you C-3PO didn't make those songs. He's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Leia by Dave Mint. <laughs> Best Star Wars song you'll ever hear. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, man, we really appreciate what you do. We really yeah, appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, <clears throat> Look sure forward to seeing you sure. and seeing you play up here in Junction, and then uh, talking to you again here, hopefully, just shortly down the road. Yep. Yeah. About two weeks away. So yep. close. To October 11th, like you said, Tracy. Yes, you sir. Got that, you had that spot on. I was like, well, let me <laughs> like a false date, like all the false phone numbers I got when I was growing up. Yep. <laughs> well, Dave, we are out of time we are gonna have to wrap this one up and cool. we will invite you on again of course anytime you want to be on driving out loud you're welcome you're welcome here brother anytime you always got you always got a spot here on driving out loud i appreciate you guys appreciate it big time thanks for having me so if you are interested in picking up uh, any of the tunes i am on itunes i am on spotify i am you know amazon music google play you name it you can get links from davemensch.com there's merch on there uh even if you're just driving out loud and you're listening to some tunes on spotify and stuff like that that would be absolutely amazing any support for any musician that you know of that's an independent artist is is definitely needed in this time and uh just like you two today thanks so much for having me i appreciate it yep we yeah. really appreciate you being here man yeah absolutely thank you If you've enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button so you can be notified each time we publish a new episode. Also, we ask that you share the show for other podcast listeners. Join us at facebook.com slash driving out loud. You can also subscribe at our website, www.drivingoutloud.com or follow the links provided in the show summary. Thanks for listening.